A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by B21, a platform which helps you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. Visit b21.io slash hustleshare and get $2 upon signing up. Also by Ideaspace, a nonprofit supporting innovation and technopreneurship as a path to nation building. Ideaspace runs an annual startup competition. For more information, make sure to sign up for their newsletter at ideaspacefoundation.org slash connect. Also by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Apply to get $1,000 free hosting credits and get a chance to win an Amazon Echo Dot at hustleshare.com slash AWS now. Our good startup founder is self-aware, obsessed about the customer, understanding the customer. Welcome to Hustleshare. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beityong. Welcome to episode 113 of the Hustle Share Podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. This episode is powered by B21 a platform which helped you start your journey with cryptocurrencies. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not tip for Rick language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this, because today we'll be featuring the mother of a lot of startups here in the Philippines. And her name is Diane Eustachio of Ideaspace. Before Miss D, 
gives us an idea of her vast knowledge about Philippine startups. She will share how she started out her career and how she became an executive assistant to a lot of CEOs in the country, where she was able to master a lot of skills, especially her nurturing skills, which she uses for a lot of startups in Ideaspace. And then she will share how Ideaspace was formed and why it exists today along with how the competition evolved through the years and how they pivoted in attracting the type of startups and founders that they support now. And stick around till the end because she will give a lot of amazing tips that just might give you the chance you need to have a better shot in becoming a winner of the Ideaspace competition. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Ideaspace, let's begin this episode. Right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We finally got my mother hand in the show. <laughs> my goodness, we're almost two years old. And why is it just now that I'm guesting you? You're supposed to be one of my first 10 to 20 episodes, but you know, we get busy. And you're uh, taking care of all these podcasts. But before I get carried away, let's welcome to the show, Miss Diane Eustachio of Ideaspace. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, Ronster. And why has it taken it this long? I guess it's because, you know, um, all children uh, take their mothers for granted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That is not true. <laughs> my mother. I do not take her for granted. No, it's, it's Well, I'm just your mother hen. I'm not your biological mom. But hey, a lot of the other chicks that came from you have been on this show. I can't name them all. There's so many of them already. Former idea <laughs> space you. people who spoke highly of you and you know have, have all had um, an amazing journey because of your tutelage. But before I get carried away, Miss D. I need to ask you the million-dollar question. Miss D, what's your hustle? I hustle for startup founders. I hustle every single day to look for mentors for them, for advisors for them, for resources for them. I just hustle for them. My life has been dedicated to them for the last, um, what, it's been almost nine years. Correct. And uh, and this is my life work. I love what I do. And we love you uh, equally. Because again, I might not have been uh, the guy that, uh, that has been there uh, from the start. But I was, I consider myself an outside child, you know. Uh, <laughs> okay, so Miss D. I've known you for a while. Again, you're a mother hen. Since the inception of Ideaspace, I was there, you know, uh, bringing you to UST because UST needed a lot of help. It didn't really do much. They didn't know much. And I said, Why, how, how come this only happened when I'm already two or three years graduated from school? But I need you to buckle up too because we're going to have to ride, okay? I don't drive fast, but I drive a time machine because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share time machine. Oh, it's deep. Back up, huh? Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. I feel, I feel myself like I feel the velocity. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Don't worry, we have RFID, so we can we won't have to pay cash on the token. <laughs> Wala pang RFID nung time na yon. <laughs> no, but the time machine has RFID. <laughs> so <it's> ah, okay. <laughs> okay, Miss D, we all know you as the mother hand again, being the ever supporting mother of so many hundreds of startups now in the Philippines, whether it's Ideaspace, Kubo, or whatever. And you've always been a constant in the community. But I want to understand how you started out your hustle because you're such a nurturing figure, you know, and I feel there's only two people that I feel the same this way in the startup community that I feel like I can come clean, be emotional, and just just let it all out. It's you and Minette. Only two, right? And it has you give me the same warm, motherly feeling. And I, I don't take that as an insult because it's something that, you know, one thing that a lot of startup founders need is someone who they can always just let down their guard and tell it straight up. But how did you start your hustle? Because that amazing skill, I, I see that as a skill, does not come overnight. I'm pretty sure you nurtured that. How did you begin your career uh, and how did you become a chick, mother chick, not a mother hen yet? How, how was that like? <laughs> well, I'm the fourth child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at, at, when I was the fourth child, I'm, I didn't have a baby brother yet at that time. So I was a family gopher. And um, I guess my nature of serving people was honed from home. Mm. <laughs> I ended up serving my brothers, my sister. They're always telling me what to do. And I always found joy in doing it. Mm. To the point of, you know, being so uto-uto. Like my brother... <laughs> Uh, at one time, you know, my brother gave me said he, he gave me a prize, and I said a bottle of Coke. You know, in my house, wow. no food, no soft drinks. Oh so I would go uh, envious of my classmates who have clover chips and all that. But for me, all I had was honey and in bread. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, so my brother one time made me so utoto. Um, he said, "I'm going to give you a prize," and he gave me a bottle of Coke, and wow. he told. Here's Coke. Yun pala. You know, I so I drank it down and then maybe a few seconds down I felt it, it didn't taste like Coke. It was oil inside. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how much I want to please people around me. I want to make them happy and I want to serve them. So it starts from home. And then uh, I grew up. Uh, also, after school, I'd go to my dad's office, and my my idol was my dad's wonderful executive assistant. She had all the, I love the office, you know, I love office. <laughs> Even up to now, I still love office. I still need to hold paper. I still need to hold a stapler and a scissor. <laughs> and so, um, I I guess I developed that. Um, ability to take care of people, not thinking of my rank or power or whatever. I enjoyed doing things for other people. Uh, I was given all sorts of roles in those days. You know, when you're when you're when you have a Manila office and then you have an office in the province. Usually, you communicate by radio. So wow. I learned I learned the radio codes, uh, but what? I can't anymore. Like. Like, you know, things like Ron, Ron, Ron is rest overnight. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. 
wow. so, so those those uh those codes I learned and then um I well then fast forward to college and I finished college I um finished organizational communication mm-hmm. um, I went on to become like a speech writer and then wow. the undersecretary for environment at that time and wow Maybe because I grew up in an office and I knew how executive assistants should be. I made pakialam. Okay. <laughs> how the office was running. Okay. So I ended up having a dual role, being speechwriter and uh, an executive assistant to the Undersecretary of Environment at that time. Wow. And that's where my EA... Uh, um, Skills really started to get honed. Um, I left government and then I uh, I got married and then I uh, I had a business. Oh, <laughs> and that's you another did. story. I did. Wow. That's a start up. <laughs> wow. Actually, even in college, I was already selling. I was. Um, that's what. That's what I used for my date money. Yeah, date money. <laughs> my dates were in Manila Hotel. I'm a girl who pays for my own date. I even pay for my date. <laughs> Independent woman. Lucky guy who married <laughs> Miss D. Right? Yeah, my husband's lucky. Really Very lucky. Sure. <laughs> sure. So anyway, so how did I develop that nurturing um, as the nurturing skills um, further because as an EA you really have to make your boss look good and being an EA to the, the Secretary of Environment the President of Motorola or the General Manager of, of uh, Ontemic Conductor so um, thing, uh, people at top level even at one time I had uh, Tony Tan Kakyong as my boss uh, Chairman of yeah, he was my boss for a short while, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't take well to a Filipino Chinese uh, organization. I'm probably really fit more for um, an American <laughs> because I'm very direct. You know, I couldn't hold back my my comments in the board meetings at Jollibee. <laughs> got it, got it. I had to zip my lip. <laughs> anyway, um. When you're working for top-level guys like that, you have to also be the go-between with people who are in trouble. So I learned how to um, help people um, fix their problems with my boss or fix their problems with their colleagues. So I ended up being like mediator and... and, um, and, uh, I guess you can say executive coach. Got it. <laughs> and at the same time, when I was um, in uh, when I was working in at On Semiconductor and at Analog Devices, I spent close to nine years in the semiconductor. Wow. So I end up working also with people really at the ground level, at the grassroots, because mm-hmm. you talk to uh, machine operators, technicians, people like that. So, um, I learned how to you, you really that that being of service. Um, and when I turned about thirty three, I realized that what makes me truly happy is when I do things for people. Wow! So 
idea space or that the, the the destiny of becoming or doing startups and startup or stuff like that it, it wasn't number one for me yeah. idea space is just my vehicle to be of service to other people so at my very core I am happiest when I'm doing things for other people. So fortunately, when Idea Space came into the picture in my life, mm. it was my opportunity to be of service to people. And I really loved it. When I was in analog devices, I was running the total quality management program. And being in the TQM program, talked about you know TQM is about culture, and then it's also about people development. So I worked with engineers who were given leadership roles when they would lead a TQM team, and through that process, I saw the transformation in their leadership skills, and I saw also how I am able. To to intervene at the right time. I saw that kind of all of the things, all the dots in my life (laughs) connected when Ideas Space came into the picture. Okay. Now, before we talk about Ideas Space, I want to understand because you, again, you've had a very illustrious career supporting, again, CEOs, presidents, you know, really people of power. But one thing that I know now having gone through a, a little bit of a startup journey, everybody that also makes it to the top are not perfect. They have big, humongous flaws that yes. they need the right people to mitigate the risk and also save themselves from, from, from perdition as well. Because they, if, if yeah. they, they don't have the right people around them, they'll be the, the cost of their own demise. right? But mm-hmm. what I wanted to ask Ms. Lee is two things. First off, Based on your experience having to work with all these uh, this really powerful men, what makes them great? How, how do they become uh, great at what they do? And what is the similarities of those with startup founders that you see starting out, especially those ones who you think will eventually make it? <laughs> okay. So, you know, when I was small, um, I would hear things like, to be a good businessman, you have to be ruthless. So I I would say, maybe I really can't be in business because what is this ruthlessness? So I I learned that it isn't ruthlessness. I think uh, to become great, you need to have a, it's a mix of everything. But every CEO has a despotic streak in them. To become a CEO, you need that despotic streak. What is a despotic streak? For those people who don't understand. <laughs> you need to be a despot at some time. You know, you need to make a decision. You need to, you, the shots have, they, they yeah. you, know, you call the shots. And, then and live it, with the it, results. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you need to make tough decisions. So, um, I've had bosses who were really bad and, uh, and heartless. Mm-hmm. But I think the successful ones, um, they really have the people in their heart, but they also can lead with the strength and not give in to every single person's desire or Yeah. So um, a good leader is also someone who can communicate. <laughs> yes. So 
<clears throat> they need they have this vision. I, I had a boss. He says, I want this to be a great, great place to work. Okay. Okay, so what does it mean? <laughs> so what does it mean? Right. Um right. I want it like this, 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 this. And then you know what? It's left to us, to me and my oh, colleagues. Wow. He, he was able to paint the vision. So it, communication is also important uh, in, in a good leader. Um, finance, you know, things that's like the skills, like that. But um, not necessarily because a good leader should know how to use all of those skills around them. In a way, you know, the despotic streak. Um it's how do the word is is it utilitarian like they see the people around them as an asset yes it's like a, it, it, some people say like wow how bad naman you you paint the person like an asset it's human capital and um it's something I wish finance people would impute already into the into Correct. the books. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I these these big bosses they see people as assets, and how do they use one asset um, to improve the other assets? <laughs> yeah, and uh, they to me they see it first like that before they can think of. Oh, itong taong to, you know, may asawa na may cancer. They right. don't think that way. They get, right. you know, they, they look first at the skills of the person, at what he has to deliver, and then piece it all together with the rest of their team Correct. before they think of um, the background of the person. Now, when they make decisions, that's when all of those complexities come into play. Amazing and how these big bosses are able to, to take the pressure of, of so many things happening at the same time. I guess I guess you, you, these are people who get to the top because they can they can live with all sorts of pressures and uh, are able to you know channel stop their brain and think of something else but and then what I notice also is that um, when they're thinking of one thing it's just that one thing correct zero in yeah zeroed in yeah yeah and that's true I mean I'll just share a little bit of context here before we take our first break um I developed that skill a little bit uh, through look, and I have a, this specific rule: first, who, then what, because you are as good as your startup's team. If you don't hire the right people, if you don't recruit the right people, and you're you're flip floppy in the way you run your team and run your vision, you're not gonna make it. You're as good mm -hmm. as you, how who who you surround yourself with. And I didn't yeah. understand that before, Miss Lee. You know this. I was a one man team for a very long time when I was starting out. And I developed like, oh my God, I can't do this alone, right? And then the big bosses eventually, and I had this experience just a few, like probably last year, uh, after the acquisition of Chatbot, and now I'm working with a conglomerate. And again, there are <laughs> unprecedented problems that now I had to solve. And one of mm -hmm. the mentors that I've had there in, in Sterling, that Sterling hired, Mr. Johnny C, used to be the CIO mm -hmm. of, of ABS-CBN. 
And specifically verbatim, he said, that's why they pay you the big bucks to solve problems like this and actually make decisions that are tough. Might not be popular, but you have to uh, specifically grow a pair of balls uh, to actually mm-hmm. be unpopular and do the right thing for the business. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. now Miss D, before we uh, talk about idea states, we need to take a break because you are one of our sponsors. <laughs> and we need to, I need to talk about that. Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at PH, the country's biggest SaaS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sasschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We're still with Miss D, who now told us why she is such a nurturing figure and why we are so lucky to have her and the greatest cheerleader of all, and also the greatest mother hand of all startups in the Philippines. Okay, now Miss D, um, I want to understand, you know, uh, your narrative and your story, how in how you came into idea space. Again, you based on your LinkedIn, I'll just summarize it a little bit. You were in MPIC uh, as an executive assistant to the executive director, and then idea space came out. And this is yeah. being mm-hmm. run by these two youngins, you know, Mr. Earl Valencia and Martin Kuhan, right? Who <laughs> needed a mother hen also to 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 hold down the fort because you can't just all be, you know, uh, brazen about things. Walk us through how Idea Space was formed and how difficult it was to put it up. Okay, so it started because um, I was involved with the recruitment. Uh, at that time, uh, Metro Pacific was recruiting people who were uh, leaders who were developed outside of the country. Mm. 
I was, you know, I we wanted to infuse uh, the kind of human capital into the existing pool of leaders in the Metro Pacific uh, and its subsidiaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so I was involved with um, recruitment of those guys, so those cohort uh, recruitment of CEO, <laughs> yep. and and. Um, so because um, Martin and Earl were considered as really the new blood that new they blood. Yep. bring into the, the pool of leaders, um, my boss, who was the head, who was the head of strategy, um, um, called Martin and Earl in. I, I don't know, you know, Edward Teresi has all these. He's always thinking of new things, mm-hmm. and so. He called in one day Earl and Martin, who came to pitch the idea to Ed Tortorisi. After um, that, they put up an, an incubator, uh, a tech, a tech startup incubator. Some, yep. Because the, both Earl and Martin, they happened to meet in Silicon Valley before Earl became uh, part of the Metro Pacific Group or became part of Smart. Pala. Yeah. Um, they said they were inspired by the Silicon Valley. And then only it, it turns out that Mr. Pangilinan and Mr. Tortorisi have been thinking of an incubator for almost 10 years. Wow. And they, you know, I, I was witness to all these angel investments that Ed Tortorisi did and, and uh, how, you know, how the angel investor thinks and how, how the money goes down the drain if you don't watch it. <laughs> so Champagne, they're busy attending to the main, the shareholders or the institutional um, investors of Metro Pacific, First Pacific, um, and their personal investment sometimes they don't get to attend to. So yun nga, um, I think they really saw the need for the Philippines to have this um, uh, an environment for entrepreneurs to be given the opportunity, especially those who don't have money in the background or connections. So that was also the, uh, the one of the inspirations of why we wanted to put up an idea space. It was Silicon Valley. It was giving opportunity to people. And third, was also bringing innovation into the group. Sorry, if you heard my phone. No problem. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) Someone's calling with me right now. I don't think there's no problem. Okay, now I want to... So anyways... um, on, on, On that note, right? So... You wanted to bring back Silicon Valley. I mean, uh, the idea of Silicon Valley. But what's unique about Idea Space is again, uh, you have the competition as a main centerpiece of how you support startups, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, there's not, of course, there's now a spinoff which is Kubo that basically helps everybody else. But you literally narrow it down, like Namdo San in J in uh, what's her name, Dalmi, <laughs> right? Uh, that's why I made actually a reference to you guys in one of my videos on YouTube. I was like, hey, this is exactly what ID Space does, but they don't compare other startups uh, versus other startups and they don't no. tolerate startup <laughs> founders falling in love with each other because that's bullshit. Okay, sorry. 
always but, happens. <laughs> yeah, please don't, please don't, don't nandosan and Samsung tech everything. But here's the thing. Um, <laughs> why, why is the idea space competition such a focal point? And now it's been running for eight, nine years now. Of wh- mm. wh- why, I, how idea space executes. The competition was a specifically an instruction of Mr. Pangilinan. You know, he believed so much in competitions. When he was young, his big break was because he won a competition sponsored by Procter & Gamble, I think. Wow. And that got to go to Wharton. So uh, competitions are equalizing. So it was from the very core when we were conceptualizing idea space and how every uh, stage of review would be done. Um, our trustees wanted to make sure that it was going to give the opportunity to people and there was no favoritism that would happen. So that's, that's the main reason why we do the competition. And how yeah. did that evolve in terms of just, again, I remember the first one and uh, full disclosure, I tried two to three times to join and I never got past the Brenda round. Then was the Brenda round. Um, you interview me and then I never got past that. And now I'm a mentor. I'm one of the ones that judge you. So if you are joining, if you happen to have... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I can say that, but yeah, it's already up. Um, but you know, see, that's why, Ron, we really believe in the evolution of the self, evolution of the entrepreneur. Correct. We saw you as a student. We saw you, how you struggled, your failures. You don't throw that away. That is actually all the failed founders. You are the gems of the ecosystem. Because the you know, you you know it more than actually than the successful founders. Yep. We celebrate all the successful founders, those who got uh, investment, those who are like uh, wow, uh, rock stars. Yep. But I think the bedrock of a ecosystem is the number of failed founders who go back and do a startup again. Correct. What I want to develop more because you know, we did a study a few years ago and found out that 80% of the founders who fail don't go back into a startup, they go work for corporate or they go if they work for another startup. That's so sad, but that's an investment of the startup ecosystem, mm-hmm. and um, we, should, we should view it that way, correct. But we shouldn't also glamorize the man. Some people, no. they glamorize the man. It's so weird when I see that. Like, oh, I failed. I'm sorry, oh, I failed. said a bad word. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think I bleeped you out with because I overspoke you, but it's okay, Miss D. Um, but at the end of the day, right, it, it's weird. Um, the weird part also is this failure. Yeah, you come clean, but it also has to come with humility. And you also need mm-hmm. time to lick your wounds. Um, I yes. had to bounce back out of necessity because I didn't have anything. I was, I was again, I, I can't let my mom shoulder me again, right? And mm-hmm. knowing me, also after tasting the bug of entrepreneurship, I cannot work for anyone again ever, right? I'm going to have to take a gamble on myself and see how, how far I can go. But now I, at least I know what to do. 
And for for anybody that went through, I, I failed, and I've had I, this is well documented out there. Just Google it out, right? That um, I failed, but you also just have to lick your own wounds. And when you feel that the time is right, mm-hmm. jump back in again because you'll be a better uh, version mm-hmm. of yourself, and you'll have a better chance of succeeding in your startup. But the one thing that one one or the mo- that also, at least from my point of view, Miss D, is I knew how to build teams now. That's the main uh-huh. one thing that helped me have better chance of success. That's why chatbot got acquired, PNA is doing really better. Because um, I knew how to build teams. Well, yeah, well, you know, idea space, we also evolved and we realized um, there are four qualities that a startup founder needs to have. Number one is self awareness. If you're not aware of who you are, your strengths, your weaknesses, it's very hard to build a team. Because the unsuccessful teams we found out, they're attracting people that were like them. Promoters. Kumuha ng co-founder, promoter din. (laughs) (laughs) And you hate those. They're They're like promoting founders, Miss D. I hate it talaga. (laughs) Because, 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 why do you put up a startup? It's right. not about you. It cannot be about you because if it's just about you, you'll implode. Go, go ahead. Yeah, then you me. can be a superstar. You know. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Promote yourself. Yeah. But at some point in time, you will implode. And I, I, it's sad to see people implode. Because they fall further. I mean, so anyway, it's it really should be about other people. Okay. Uh, you can have you can feel the pain. You can probably your pain could be the inspiration of your startup, mm-hmm. but it should be more than just you. So one mm-hmm. is self awareness. Yeah. yeah. I just sidestep a little bit because yeah. what, in your opinion, um, what is a self promoting startup founder? Because we need to identify those that where, where 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 do you cross the line that it becomes about you and it's not about your startup because at least for me, I make a lot of noise because I need to make build hype for my startup and that's intentional by default. If I'm not promoting my startups, I'm posting random stupid funny stuff on Facebook <laughs> or some TikTok videos. So, Miss Lee, what is the, the the characteristics before we proceed with the three other? Uh, Factors that you know you say you, you makes a start successful uh, startup founder. What is a self-promoting founder? Because I when you said that, I also uh, thought to myself, am I a self-promoting founder? Because I talk a lot and I post a lot of stuff, but it's at least in my in my own heart, I know it's not about me, right? Because uh, I'm very private. If I'm just very noisy, that's that's the business of hype. I learned that in my first startup party file that you need to create hype and user acquisition. Through your content, it's free. Mm-hmm. But what is a self-promoting founder? Somebody who puts himself ahead of everything else. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, um, there's an opportunity for, uh, for let's say, number one, speaking opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's an opportunity for someone in your team who can speak for your company, why not give it to someone else? If there's an opportunity for a customer of yours to get the exposure, why not? Because they're still going to talk about your startup, Deva. 
Um, though the ugly part of what some self-promoting self-promoter founders I've seen is that they use others. <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. Do they embellish things? So they, <laughs> do they, uh, uh, they look better and it's predatory in nature? They, yeah, they, they take advantage of other people's stories to make the story look better. And um, I, 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 I think it, yeah, it's predatory. It's, um, it's using people talaga. And I, it's, and it's a recipe for disaster because, Miss D, if you're creating a startup, uh, this is my third startup now, it should never be about you, right? It's about your customers, the problem that you're trying to solve, and the technology you're going to build, and the team that you're going to build. And I always say this in this podcast, leaders eat last. If you're the first one who takes first dibs to eat in the buffet table, then you're fundamentally uh, broken. Because it's never about you. Okay, now let's move forward. <laughs> what are the three other things? What's so again? First one, uh, what was it? I forgot. But the second one, what was the second? Uh, Actually, there's five. Okay, there's five. five. Because the, the, the fifth is, is a unique thing for ideas. Okay. So, second thing, what is the second thing? <laughs> one, you have to be smart enough. Startup founder, you have to have. Certain level of critical thinking. Because, um, uh, you know, uh, you, you need a certain level of analytical thinking. You need to, to, to have a strategic thinking. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Third is um, commitment. Mm. You need to think that this is really for the long term. Yeah. Um, for this is is honesty, authenticity. You you need to be who you are. Be yourself. Um, don't pretend. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the last is um, well for this space. It's a big factor to have. Um, that level of gra- gratefulness, gratitude. Gratitude. We <laughs> we are uh, we are um, we are founders helping founders yep. um, community. Correct. And you have to have a pay it forward attitude to be part of the idea space uh, community. So if it's not in your nature. Um, it's probably not the right community for you. And for those who will future who will want to join Idea Space in the future, you can't fake this, huh? No. This <laughs> is you not your shit shit. They, will they might say they might say in the interview, ah, okay, this is the part now that's the clincher, that's the most important thing for ideas. I am grateful. <laughs> no, <laughs> no they will uh, find ways. We have Eight years of data points to say Correct. to know Sorry. whether you are um, the genuine kind of founder that we want Absolutely. or not. But, you know, we also have a no, false positives. You go to uh, two to three percent. 
we have the Again, just like any type of uh, business, right? There's always gonna be misses. But at the end of the day, if your wins are more, and if that's only two to three percent, that's an excellent job, Misty. Now, I want to move forward uh, in terms of how you guys built the team. I mean, the hustle cannot just be you and you know Earl or or, or but now it's Butch. I want to understand uh, a couple things. First one. What changed and how did you also adjust and hustle from the Earl era into the Butch era? Mm-hmm. How did you adjust the team? How did you pivot the team, I guess, into a, a better thing? Because one thing that's very remarkable about Idea Spaces, you know, when there, whenever there's a change of leadership, of course, there's always adjustments to be made. There's always going to be challenges you need to overcome. But you've, you've, you've transitioned really seamlessly. And I want to take I want to give credit to that uh, to, to you for that because you've been the constant uh, person who's always been there regardless of who's, again, at, at the head. Uh, but how did you guys uh, change and adapt to that that uh, leadership change and also to become better at it? I think from day one of Idea Space, we have been founder-focused. Okay. We've, we've been listening. We have always listened to our startup founders. And that was the driving force of the evolution and the change over the years. So for the first three years, we were very idea-focused. Okay, this idea is great. Um, oh, there's a, there's a trend here. This is great. No matter if it's a student team or a... Or, uh, um, mid-career uh, team um, will go for it because of the idea. Uh, we realized, you know, after three years, uh, it really is the founders that matter. So uh, on year three, our criteria changed uh, a lot. Um, Year four is really where we implemented. So year three was the realization that it, it really is the team, the team, the team. <laughs> and then year four is the execution already, the, the testing whether um, our filtering uh, criteria is correct. And then we just continue to hone it and continue to refine it every year moving forward. I am grateful to Earl in the beginning because he was uh, a very good marketing guy. You know, he, yep. he was everywhere just to promote idea space. So I'm grateful to Earl for that. And then um, when Butch came into the picture, I'm also very grateful that he's been able to have the support of the MVP group to continuously support idea space. So we still need the big companies uh, all the way till maybe 10 more years, I hope. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, our, um, with Butch, we have been able to really come up with the, the sustainability plan for space. We don't want to hold the begging bowl forever. We don't want to always be... Uh, dependent on on the MVP group of companies to support us. So we now have a real financial model that will that hopefully can prove that 
investing in more um, more mature startups and and getting the returns from these exits will plow back into investing in the early stage. So there's an advantage because if you really invest in the early stage, you see them in the raw, you see them as they go through their evolution and when the right time comes, it's you, you know them probably more than a VC because you've seen the, you know, the core of the, the right. that team. So hopefully, I, I, you know, our theory still has to be proven. Absolutely. So you are also a startup in nature, right? Because, exactly. Um, uh, you have to pivot. Okay, again, uh, coming from being a for-profit, you became a grant or, or like a, a grant-based. And, and now you're, is it safe to assume that you're also now investing for profit so that you can sustain the whole uh, entity yes. without having to, again, always ask for support from the from the the, the LPs uh, of the yeah, group, yeah. technically. Right. And we want to invest in a less risky startup. So startup is equal to risky, diba? but yes. you want to invest the money in the less risky because um, it's it's for the sake of the sustainability of ideas too. So sometimes our startups, they feel bad because they're from idea space and then we didn't invest in them. But um, over time, they will realize that we just so the risk was just we're just too high if right. in them. I mean, if we at the right time, we will we will invest in them. Correct. But you just need to get the traction, guys. Validate yeah. them. <laughs> the money will come. So don't make it a personal thing. At the end of the day, use it as fuel to fire to your fire to keep to get. Yeah, money. traction, the sustainability, the. Proving that business model will work, um, and we also know, Naman, that it doesn't have to be the fixed in you know Correct. fixed business model that will really work. At least for now, you see if this is what works, and you also see what the future of your product line will be. So, malaking yeah. factor. And traction. <laughs> anyway, louder than work. you were talking about the team, so how the team and idea space has evolved. Right. I'm very happy about the team we have today. I've never had as strong a team as the one I have today. Okay. Um, because most of our teammates now are former startup founders. Mm. So people have uh, gone through the journey and understand the process and also PSA. So this is the kind of culture that we want to nurture and also they, they know they've gone through the, the failure. Right. <laughs> so um, most of the team is um, yeah, a lot one, two, three, four members of the team are former startup founders. Yes. And then um, people like Eunice are um industry have been i mean uh, our domain experts in there you their go shout out to you Eunice, wherever you are <laughs> yeah so um i have never had a team as strong as the one i have today i'm really very very fortunate i think mm -hmm. god was so good that when the pandemic struck um it was we had a team like this correct so been able to survive the the transition mm -hmm. uh, to you know 
kind of we were fixed before uh, in thinking that our accelerator program would have to be face to face but no we could do it we could do it maybe this is moving forward this is the way you're going to go but also shout out to the, the people that you've had before because I, I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. without them, the Dustins, the Goldies oh, of the world, my God. Yes, right? yes. I still, I'm, I'm grateful to the very first um, employee of Idea Space, which is Dustin. Shout out to Dustin. No, Dustin. Dustin and then Katrina Chan was now Kubo. Our, in, our first intern, um, Dave. Um, now Kubo Sarko, as well. He was our, how should I say, our first local intern. Wow. <laughs> and he became our employee. Um, and then there's Goldie. Mm-hmm. Brenda also came in as a fresh graduate. Wow. and. Um, she is now leading an accelerator program. So I'm very happy that almost everyone who was part of Idea Space before are part of the greater community or ecosystem. If they're not part of the local ecosystem, they're part of the ASEAN (laughs) ecosystem. So I'm I'm very happy that their stint in Idea Space is a big factor in who who they are today and what they're doing today. Okay. Now, Miss D, I have to take another break with you again. And when we come back, let's pay it forward uh, to the the startup founders furthermore. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. 
Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with Miss D of Idea Space, who now told us again the wonderful journey of Idea Space. But let's now talk about the dirty stuff. Because I'm pretty sure, just like, again, you're, you're technically a startup as well. And in any startup, you know, failure is inevitable. What were the biggest failures mm-hmm. that you guys had to go through in idea space? And what did you learn from those big uh, failures that I guess you made that now made you better? <laughs> uh, being everywhere is a failure. Mm-hmm. Doing all sorts of things. I think um, we wasted a bit of money there. We should have really just focused on certain things. But then, you know, you, you really have to go through it to learn that you shouldn't be in all the events <laughs> just so your name is out there. Um, we have to, we, we, that was a failure to be in all sorts of things. We realized that we, if we want to promote idea space, we need to be in the kind of events where the kind of founders that we need are. 
AKA so hustle share. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just had to <laughs> so before we were in schools a lot because you know we thought that uh, we will get the Mark Zuckerbergs, but then those are the freaks. You know, Mark Zuckerberg is like a freak. He's a one in a million kind of thing. So we wanna we realize that the kind of founders we need are the ones that, the, who, the kind of founders we want in our community are the ones with at least five to 10 years of work experience or domain expertise. So um, that's where we go, the, the, the exposure in those areas, that's uh, where we go. So some of the universities feel bad that we're not participating mm. so much anymore, but then there are other entities that go to the schools, and I'm very happy that like DOSC has invested in, in about more than 20 universities across the country right. to develop technology business incubators. And mm-hmm. They're good guys. Yeah, so that's one failure. Um, the other failure as a manager is um, choosing wrong people and them in the team where I really I should have pulled them out <laughs> right. they were bad eggs already right, right. Like they spoiled the rest of the dozen <laughs> wow. yeah. so, um, so that's um, one of my failures and, got it. Um, I mean I accept it got it okay now I'm, I'm glad my, I'm glad my teammates forgive me <laughs> there you go. of course who, who cannot forgive mother and and that's what it what 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 it uh takes you know humility when you mess up come clean uh put it all in the table move forward and make sure you don't do it again now misty I want to ask you because you've seen hundreds and no thousands and thousands of startups but in your opinion what what makes what what are the characteristics of startups that eventually make it you know the the investagrams of the world you know the 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 the, the coins that phs of the world they, they they you that's an exit for you guys yeah. right but what are the what, what's in those startups that make it what are when what's not in those startups that eventually fail four things uh, the first one being, as, as I said earlier, self-aware founder or self-aware team. Because, you know, if you, you don't know your strengths and your weaknesses, you will not be able to draw up a good financial plan. Mm. So, uh, right. it's a connection because if, let's say, for example, you're not good at product development, mm. And no one in your team is good at product development. How are you going to get that product development person? Are you going to hire? Are you going to partner? Are you going to, if you're going to hire, do you have money? If you don't have money, what will you offer? Shares, a profit share, that, and all that equates to your financial plan. It, it should be imputed financial plan so if you're not self-aware you will not be able to come up with a good financial plan second very important is they know their customer they're obsessed with their customer mm-hmm. <laughs> i say diane you're like obsessed about startups yeah because <laughs> they're, they're my customer they are our customer okay. um so obsessed with making a better environment for them anyway so a good product founder is self-aware, 
obsessed about the customer, understanding the customer, mm-hmm. is they should be able to build the product themselves at the start. Because uh, it's you burn a lot of cash if you don't know how to build the product yourself. It's like never ending iteration, iteration, iteration. If you get a software development house to do it, wala na six. Uh, depending on how deep your pockets are, no. But yeah. uh, um, you you really burn a lot of cash. So that's why it, we learned that also in idea space. If they give it, you know, the the, the product development to a software house. Um, mm-hmm. They will run out of cash quickly. Mm-hmm. And the last is uh, being a good steward of resources. Yes. So, being to be a good steward of resources is not only the money of your investor. It is some. It is even being conscientious of the resources your co-founders bring into the team. Their time, you know, even the the very little thing like some some co-founders they get irritated by the work ethic of their co-founders that's because maybe the co-founder is not respecting yeah. the other co-founder the time they put in the connections that they put in you know it takes a lot sometimes to bring in the connections you swallow your pride Correct. you you know hinihimas himas mo yung mga kaibigan mo para lang just to use the products and all that so um, those four things to, to summarize is self-awareness, uh, understanding the customer, building the product, and being good stewards of resources. Got it. Last couple yeah. questions. If you were to give one, one solitary advice to any startup founder right now, uh, that's you know be, that that's in in those trenches, wanting to you know basically me, eight to nine years ago. You know, just being a greenhorn, talking to you, Miss D, I want to create this nightlife startup and I don't know what to do. What would be that one solitary advice? Just sum it all up to a, a young startup founder wanting to put, you know, Asio Dalmi per se, uh, the ones to create her his or her own startup at the moment. What would that be? Lead with integrity. Integrity to yourself, integrity to your co-founders, to your customers. Um, to the government, just just be authentic and have integrity. I think it's a very important uh, value. Mm-hmm. Got it. That that's solid right there. <laughs> now let's talk about you. It, it wasn't anything bombastic. <laughs> no, it's good. It's solid because sometimes that's what it takes, right? You, you, there's so much glitz and glamour and and a lot of ruckus um, in the in the startup game, but. Yo, that's a, that's the most important thing, you know. At the end of the day, yeah. that's what, what people work with people they can trust, and at the end of the day, if your startup is trustworthy, people, your users would do that, your customers, your clients, wherever the money will come from, would see that through, and yeah. if, if that product yeah. will also resonate the founders' integrity. Yeah. Now, Miss D, from your end, what still keeps you up at night because of the startup ecosystem, right? Because this, you know, just like any start, you're you're a start, technically a startup uh, as well. What what keeps you up at night, uh, given the the gravity of of the responsibility that you have on your shoulders as well? Many things, many things keep me up at night. One thing is the looking for money for idea space <laughs> to 
ourselves sustainable, um, uh, looking for money to be able to invest in the startups that will deliver the exits that we're looking for in the future. Um, another one is the kind of, this is not uh, something I can only to work on, but I think it's the whole ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I'm really worried about Philippine startups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comparing ourselves to ASEAN, we're so far behind. Yep. Like, somebody said, oh, don't, don't paint it such a gloom thing, but it's hey, let's, oh, no, it, would it be real? Mm -hmm. okay, I'll tell you an anecdote. Do we have time for an anecdote? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> So um, we were part of this project in, uh, in it was a Erasmus Plus project. So it was EU-funded project, involved three universities in the Philippines, two in Indonesia. And um, the Philippine, one of the Philippine universities um, was sharing that one of the startup, the student startup teams in their university was a, uh, building a coin changer and then the you know the professors from indonesia were laughing at the idea of a coin changer so the philippines professor naman said you guys don't understand coins because you know your money is in millions you all you know your your you right. should remove zeros so that you understand what coins mean to everyday okay. life and no, the, the Indonesian professor was laughing. Oh, no, what do you mean? We know what small money is. Uh -huh. Do you know that even beggars in Indonesia use a smartphone? And boom. See, that's where the difference People at the grassroots in Indonesia are already at that level, level. of technology. We're here. We still are using money. <laughs> As in money so we're far behind um I, in malaysia in my last trip last year i found out that the government is subsidizing businesses even mom and pops 50 percent uh, of the cost of any technology that they would like to adopt wow. to make their, you know to, to make their mom and pop it could be a talier it can be a basic uh machine shop but if they're going to buy an inventory system to inventory all the bolts and nuts and welding rods whatever mm -hmm. they have um they would be subsidized so no one gets left behind and wow that's where i worry about our philippine startups um we i guess we need to, to grow more we have more yeah <laughs> um, the other is um Yes, as I said, integrity. I'm really praying that all the startups that are getting funding today, who are getting celebrated, that are getting all the VC funding today, that they really use the money for growth. Yes. Not, not to buy Audis, not to have fancy offices in yeah. BGC or wherever. No focus on really growing and building those products absolutely again um yeah we won't be in the we won't be in the radar screen of the investors if you know we we don't have good startups if we 
it's only us who will work on it. There you go. Again, thank you very much, Miss D, for such an amazing episode. And I'm glad you are finally here. But before I let you go, Miss D, it's the start. It's, uh, it's, what's this? It's the season again for getting the, the new uh, startups on the next wave or the next batch. So please invite people over, the startup founders over to now join the next wave of the Idea Space competition. Yeah. Um, so my, my message uh, for, for the startup founders who want to join the Idea Space call for applications is um, join our join our event so that you get to know whether this program is the right one for you or if you need to wait a year or two because we're still gonna be here uh, for many years and that's what our goal is. Um, so please talk to Idea Space founders if you know them. If not, then join our event so then we can connect you to. Uh, alumni of Idea Space, you get to know whether you really uh, will benefit from this program or not. It's not for everyone. It, it's for those who have saved a bit of money so that they can full time. <laughs> it's for those who are really ready and um, have their team put together. So it, it takes a bit of preparation to do a startup. Just don't go into it uh, and jump into the water in Bahala na. No. A good Batman founder, is not here. Okay. Bat- yeah. Batman a good founder <laughs> A good founder knows the risk and plans it out and uh, actually a good good businessman is a not 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 a really a risk taker but really a risk reducer <laughs> mitigate that risk right. mitigate the risk yeah okay again misty thank you very much but before i let you go follow us in whatever podcast app you're listening to whether it's spotify apple podcast or whatever and again if we did say some jargon if you want to uh, check out anything that we talked about today it's going to be the show notes on hustleshare.com and again if we do if you want to get involved in growing this podcast as well go to the hustle share community on facebook and lastly message us on our hustle share chatbot at m.me slash hustle share powered by chatbot ph again miss d thank you very much thank you very much ron Thank you. And I'd like to congratulate you. I'm really so proud of seeing the evolution of Ronster Bike Young um, from the time 2012 Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, to today. um, You make me proud, Ron. You are my mother hen, as always. And thank you very much for going. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.